Welcome to the Go Well podcast. This is Kate Mercer and today I'm talking with Dr. Deborah Campbell about psychology and where it's currently at. Deborah is an author and psychologist consulting on everything from relationships to panic, depression, anxiety and grief. The desire to continually deepen her understanding of psychology led her to her PhD with her thesis on love and emotional intelligence, which won the Relationships Thesis Award from the Australian Psychological Society. Deborah's research has been published in peer-reviewed journals in Australia and the US, including Spirituality and Clinical Practice and the International Journal of Yoga Therapy. Welcome to the Go Well program, Deborah Campbell. Thank you. It's lovely to talk to you again, Kate. It is. It's fabulous. I was um, thinking about how long ago it was when you were here um, having a talk about your book, Lovelands, uh, at the Customer Library. Was that about two years ago, do you think? It was actually a little longer. We sort of lost a year in last year, so it's about three. Yeah. About three years. So what have you been up to? What have you been busy with? I've been writing another book which started off as a daily email series. So that's taken a lot of my time and I've been consulting as a psychologist and that went through the huge transition from face-to-face with couples and individuals to telehealth because of COVID. Yeah, absolutely. So let's start right there then. Um, That's a big change for you really, isn't it? I mean, even in terms of, I don't know, just it's quite enjoyable, isn't it, seeing someone compared to a guest on the computer? How's that all work for you? It's worked quite well for me and quite well for the patients who it's it's worked for. I mean, I know there's those who really need and prefer the face-to-face, but we were thrown, of course, into this situation unexpectedly last year where face-to-face appointments weren't even allowed for most people unless it was extremely urgent and then it was with the masks and face shields and distance and and it was all very very difficult but most practices in psychology had to close all face-to-face sessions so most people I think coped with it very well Uh, I found it great because I was able to work from home which was something I was already doing in small amounts and I was quite happy to go into doing that as my main way of working. So, yeah, it worked really well for me. I think I was able to help more people because I was able to do longer hours. And because there's not the overhead, it made psychology a bit more affordable to provide to and for people to to have. Yeah, so let's just uh, go over all that again because there have been some changes, haven't there, in terms of what is available to people if they go to see their GP and they refer them on. So what was what was that uh, like before COVID and before telehealth and uh, what can a person expect if they were to be referred on to telehealth now? Well, it's all been opened up to everyone who wants to use telehealth with Medicare rebates available for psychology. So that's fantastic because what we know about uh, people going after help in in counselling or psychology is that getting out of the house can be one of the main barriers if someone's suffering with a mental illness, uh, if they have, uh, if they're a carer, if they're an elderly person or they're uh, otherwise uh, physically unwell or, you know, there can be all sorts of reasons, young kids at home where people just find it really difficult to get to appointments uh, for 
physical reasons or for uh, emotional reasons or both. So the telehealth kind of takes away that huge barrier and means that people can be going about their lives at work or at home and then can quickly go into a private area with their phone or their computer and have a session with a psychologist and um, the amount of extra quality of life that can offer is huge. Yeah, it's amazing. And you were saying as well that uh, so previously they would get about 10 visits or something, but now it's more. Mm. Has it gone up to 20, did you say? Yes, the the government did bring in uh, for coping with COVID. One of the very many measures for coping with COVID was for it to be possible for people to receive an extra 10 Medicare rebatable sessions with the recommendation or referral of their GP to a psychologist. So that's been amazing because 10 sessions was never enough for most people to recover. It was helpful, but it was never enough to, uh, to get better longer-term results. Uh, and they'd have to find more money to pay to be able to keep attending after those 10 sessions. So now there's 20 available uh, via telehealth and face-to-face um, due to the, the pandemic and the measures in place to try to help people through that. And there's a budget uh, coming out with new uh, information potentially about Medicare and rebates. I believe tonight we're getting more information from the government about that budget and hopefully uh, an increase in rebates or uh, a more permanent sort of situation for telehealth because at the moment it's continuing until next year, I believe, but uh, it really needs to be something permanent, I think, for Australians to be uh, cared for in their mental health in a way that is flexible and sensible. Yeah, well, and actually we'll just go back to what date tonight means. So, because this will be, you know, obviously people can access this interview after tonight, which it, which is the 11th of May, to, uh, 2021. Um, yeah, look, I think it's fantastic that, there, um, that there's 20. I mean, that's also almost makes me feel like, gee, I wouldn't mind having a chat with a therapist. <laughs> But, of course, the reason is because there's so many people uh, who are struggling, I guess, and particularly I sort of feel uh, from through the program I do, uh, particularly anxiety. Is that what you're finding as well? Yes, anxiety is really high uh, in the community at the moment because of all the changes that COVID has brought about uh, and and because of the world situation. There's so many people I talk to at the moment who either come from overseas and generally would be visiting with family and friends. They had weddings planned, perhaps overseas. They had people who were ill or people who have died in the last year or so where they haven't been able to bear as they would have liked to have been. So the restrictions to travel have been enormously anxiety provoking. And then, of course, you know, in February, March last year in Australia, where we were really hitting this realisation that this is an unprecedented time and this is actually uh, a completely unknown territory for all of us, um, we really had, I think, a lot of people understandably catastrophizing and thinking, well, what if I'm very ill or my loved ones are very ill? 
the health services are overwhelmed, you know, what if we can't get help? So there was a lot of fear at that time, which thankfully in Australia we have has not been realised. We managed very well, but obviously there's countries um, in the world currently like India who are still suffering very, very greatly and where that level of, uh, of distress and, and widespread illness has been a reality. Uh, but that, that brought about enormous anxiety, I think, that, that mm. terror of, of the unknown. Um, and mm. I don't think demand for psychological services has ever been higher, really, as we all adjusted and coped with that. Each psychologist or uh, practitioner of whatever type, perhaps, um, has their own toolbox of how they work with people. Do you have any sort of particular go-tos uh, with people with anxiety on how you help them? Yes and no. Yes, in that there are certain things that are very helpful to most people, like mindfulness practice. There are various apps that you can get these days that can be really good support outside of therapy as an adjunct to therapy to um, help people in the, the times when they're alone and they need a comforting voice or someone to talk them through some breathing techniques. So there's some wonderful tools we can pull in that I usually recommend to most people uh, as a as a kind of first aid sort of backup uh, go-to around therapy. But in the sessions, we really try to look very deeply at what the person's specific circumstances are because obviously context and personality and, and circumstances are, are very diverse and, um, and the reasons behind the anxiety can be... Um, can be very diverse, which means that there can be different kinds of treatments that are most more suitable for various people. I'll usually work on some kind of physio physiological techniques like breathing techniques, uh, body scans, um, uh, mindfulness exercises to help the person to bring about a calm response in their body consciously. And to also become more aware through mindfulness, through watching the contents of their thoughts and, and becoming very aware of the kinds of thoughts that come up for them that cause anxiety uh, or that, that preempt uh, panic or, or feelings of anxiety rising. Uh, I want them to become very aware of those in their individual circumstances so that they can start to soothe themselves around those thoughts and uh, have some understanding of perhaps of the mechanism that uh, that brings rise gives rise to their particular anxiety yeah but, yeah it's like uh, education we keep saying is key if you understand what's going on it's a big part of it isn't it it is and it does take some of the fear out of it if you can say oh okay these are my anxiety thoughts they come from this or that. They're understandable. They're pretty normal. They're, they're the sort of thing that happens to people. You know, it, it can really take some of the fear and mystery out and make them easier to deal with. Mm -hmm. And I guess uh, the next thing is then um, helping the person to make those changes in their lives, somehow working that into their daily routines. Is that? Do you help them with that too? Yeah, I, I think... The, the underlying element really is is feeling more more like you have more courage and power 
uh, and you're not you're not sort of being um, frightened by your thoughts so much because mm-hmm. you've gotten to know them and you can befriend them even if they're not very helpful ones. And then wherever you are, whatever part of your day, whatever you're doing, when they're coming up, you can just sort of notice them and say, hey, okay, that's that's anxiety, that's okay, I don't have to spiral I don't have to let it take over I can let it be there but perhaps kind of turn it down like white noise and say I'm actually okay and I can keep doing what I'm doing so uh, I certainly recommend building some practices like the mindfulness practices maybe some journaling uh, whatever works for the particular person you know we'll explore and say what kind of things maybe walking in nature Maybe some people love cold water swimming. That's a big one that quite a lot of people like, mm. swimming in the, um, in the sea. Um, where I live uh, on the Mornington Peninsula, there's a few groups where people just meet on the beach and swim in the cold water. And it's a physical exercise, but it's also a real mental health, soothing, calming kind of um, thing they do as a group, which I've believe is is wonderful for a lot of people so you know yeah it's what works for each person and getting that uh, scheduled into your day or your week but then also having that over over arching uh, awareness of when thoughts and feelings come up being able to take care of yourself whatever the moment is that that that's happening Mm, okay, thanks for explaining uh, that. And so let's move away from that particular uh, mental issue of anxiety and to your clinic. And uh, you mentioned you're in Mornington, so I guess that would perhaps uh, you get a certain type of people, I don't know, coming into your clinic. Are you seeing a difference between the types of people and and their issues at the moment compared to, say, pre-COVID? I think you mentioned you're seeing more married couples. Is that right? Yes. The lockdown certainly put a lot of pressure on families and couple relationships, probably because people were all forced together and had to look each other in the eye. And if there were if, if they'd been coping, I suppose, by avoidance or distance, that, uh, that coping mechanism was taken away. We were all thrown together in close quarters. Mm. So I think that did shine a light on, on areas that needed some work. So we, and, and then there's the financial pressure of all, that's, all that we've been through and are going through um, with all the changes. A lot of working from home. Uh, a lot of stress on kids too happened in 2020 when they were working at home instead of going to school and that flowed through, of course, to stress on, on parents and the whole family as, as everyone tried to um, do what they had to do uh, in, at home. Mm. So a lot of couple uh, therapy at the moment. Uh, also, I saw a lot of older people particularly uh, during the lockdowns. I had many, many phone calls uh, each week with older people who normally would be out and about meeting friends or going to various groups and and activities and community things they would normally do, sports, etc. and nothing was on. And Mm. many of them were living alone. Mm. They were uh, the demographic that was 
probably most afraid of complications if they were to contract COVID. Mm. Uh, so there was, yeah, a great deal of isolation uh, and loneliness and and just looking at ways of coping, of getting through every day and and maintaining a, a, a positive psychology was, was really important. Um, so, yeah, a lot more older people. Mm. Generally, just more people coming forward for help, which mm. has been fantastic. I was actually going to move to that next and just say to you, what are actually some of the good things that have come out of this? Well, the reticence in asking for help, I think, mm. has eased. I think more mm. uh, men are coming forward asking for help and being open and vulnerable about having troubles than mm -hmm. perhaps was happening before. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it was something women tended to feel more comfortable about uh, in general, uh, but definitely more men coming forward, definitely more marriages uh, saying, look, we need some help here. Um, and my colleagues who see children and adolescents have had a very uh, large surge in, in mm. kids and parents wanting to see them as well. Such a good thing. I mean, I think it's fantastic. I mean, you know, gone are the days where we used to really in, in this country, uh, maybe New Zealand or where I'm from as well, uh, you know, we used to watch those American soapies and they used to, you know, go and see their psych psychotherapist or, or psychologist. We used to like look over the water and go, oh, that's, that's, that's a funny thing to do. It's like, remember we, remember we used to look at it like, golly, there must be something wrong yeah. with them. So it really has, is shifting that it's um, sort of almost part of what you sort of moving towards part of what you do to keep well in some ways, do you think? I do think so. And I do agree with you. When I was growing up, it was really unusual in Australia for someone to be seeing a psychologist. And now it's, very, very normal, um, very, very usual, and it's great. I think it's really good. All right, so taking a bigger look and then uh, perhaps moving on to your book, your new book that, that's coming out soon because um, you're working and have been working with bigger themes coming through such as connection, meaning, belonging and values, actually. That's really mm. uh, interesting. Perhaps our values are changing, do you think? I think that there was a real shift in our values, don't you, with the with the, what we've been going through with the pandemic in that we saw so much of, of, of home becoming valued again, you know, mm. the, the sense of home, mm. um, the sense of place uh, and family and, and slow, you know, the idea of growing your own things, being self-sufficient, doing things more slowly because there's more time and there was, there was no going out. So we had to think about, you know, the home and the family. And, and I think it, it really did turn a lot of people's minds and hearts back to older, slower values mm. Um, mm. And, and the priority of health. Mm. Look, absolutely. That's why, you know, I mean, I'm shifting uh, with the magazine that, you know, I've been doing for 20 years, which is always, it's called The Art of Healing, uh, mm. which has sort of always been a little bit out there in a way. Um, I think wellness and well-being is what people really, those, I mean, it's about, all about the words, isn't it? What reaches people or what works. Um, and, mm. you know, across all, uh, you know, governments, I guess, local, state, federal governments, it's, it's becoming pretty big, isn't it? Health and wellness, I think. 
Yes, and it has to because if you're not well, it's very hard to do anything in the rest of your day, in the rest of your your world, isn't it? You need your health. That's that your physical and mental health to the best uh, degree you can experience it to be able to do what you want to do in life. And mm. and we have had a real crisis of mental health in Australia, I think, for a long time where mm. there's, there's been, you know, the, the rate of, of self-harm and suicide is too high. Family violence is too high. You know, we need that focus. Yes, it's interesting. A few people I've spoken to have sort of said that there was a, they felt there was a bit of a crisis looming actually even before COVID, but that sort of like really just pushed it to to sort of like now more immediate. Yes, it's particularly in the area of family violence, we did have a crisis before, and there was, I believe, it's it's not my area of work, but I do believe and have. I heard from colleagues that there was an uptick, you know, further uh, in family violence mm. during the COVID time. Mm. Yeah, which is really sad. We need, I need to do more on that even on the show. Well, look, um, thanks for coming on the on the program. Thanks so much, as always, Deborah. It's lovely to talk That's with you. Did, you. did you want to talk a little bit about your book before we close the interview? Well, it's coming out uh, next month. It's uh, around June the 1st. It's uh, called The Three Loves Project and it's really about using love, being self-compassion or, or care of oneself, love relationships with others and, and the things you love, passions and your flow in life. It's about using those three loves, relationships, flow and, and self-care as really the guide in everything you do in daily life. So it gives loads of exercises and reflections and and uh, little pieces to read and inspire and then things to do to have more of those loves in your life. And and when you're living from those values, from from what you love most, it's it's pretty sure that you're going to live a life with very few regrets because you're mm-hmm. living from what what means everything to you. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's a good way to live your life. You just got to make sure that you can do that and still get money coming in. <laughs> That's the issue, I think, for a lot of people. Absolutely, um, yeah. absolutely, it is. If your work gives you flow and is a passion, then that's a bonus. It's not the case for everyone, but but if it can be, that's that's amazing. If it can't be, then you've just got to look at trying to prioritize things that do give you that sense of, of purpose and and mm. and light you up inside uh, as much as you can. And the project really focuses on doing that, yeah, as well as giving plenty of time to our relationships and, and developing some skills to have better relationships. Mm. Yeah, and actually on that financial side of things, um, that's another sort of bit of a rabbit hole. We probably haven't got time to talk about it, but what I... I was thinking is, uh, you know, we're not, I'd like to talk to more people about the seven day week, really, you know, I find that in my own life, I try not to work in the weekends, but I'm sort of getting closer and closer to thinking, well, it doesn't matter anymore. You can sort of have a weekend day off during the week. You know, I think there is a bit of a shuffle around with that. Do you agree? Because people are working from home. Now it's not necessarily that Saturday and Sundays are, you know, non-work days anymore. 
Yeah, the, the work from home has really uh, allowed a lot more flexibility and kind of turned things on its head. I'm all in favour of a four-day work work week, really. <laughs> why, why shouldn't everyone have three days off, you know, and work <laughs> But I understand the economic realities that have to play into that. Um, it would just be if I ruled the world, that'd be something I'd really want to look at. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I guess my point is it's sort of like I'm finding that the days themselves have less meaning as days that we work and days that we don't. It's like they're all, yeah. you know, I was actually wanting to have that conversation about what, what Monday means to people and what Friday means to people or what Sunday means. You know, it's quite interesting. Yeah. You have a particular feel on those days and I feel that that's, Personally, for me, I feel that's shifting. Um, yeah, I think you're right, and I think that's super interesting too. Yeah, yeah I hadn't really thought about that, but yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. And for some people, that's going to work really well. Um, I know I like to flow from my work into uh, my hobbies or other interests into things around the house and you know I like to do that throughout the days mm. and um, mm. and it doesn't really matter which day it is yeah. when I'm yeah. yeah that's the sort of point yeah that I'm making well, look um thank you once again for coming on the show we better uh, wind things up uh did you what was your website just to just to finish Deborah it's drdebracampbell.com and it's Deborah is just d-e-b-r-a mm. Terrific. So if anyone wants to uh, find out more, they can go to your website. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Kate.